behavior and belief. Psalm 131. How good and how pleasant it is to brother and stay together in unity. First John 3, 17 through 18. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, how does the love and shuts up his heart from him? How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. That's a message about humanity. 1 Corinthians 1.10 Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that be no divisions among you, but that you perfectly join together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Well, being of one mind means unity. So may you say the Lord, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your word to unite my heart to fear your name. God says we are like a body. Our bodies have parts of, that do just different jobs. We squeeze it like that too. We all have different jobs to do. We're all working together for Thank you for coming today, class. Hope you learned a lot about unity. Thank you for teaching us about unity. Bye. Thank you. I did obviously want to talk about unity today. Um, for those of you who weren't at the Harvest Festival, that might have been the first time you saw that. Thank you for the Schultz kids for uh, and Becca and David for working on that. I appreciate that. Uh, let's let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time together, and I thank you for this church body. Lord, we know that it is only through the Holy Spirit, and through the work of Jesus Christ that we have love for one another. And it's only through that love for one another that we have even the slightest possibility of being unified. And so, Lord, we we thank you. Uh, I thank you for the uh, the encouragement of seeing a church body who, who shares their prayer requests, a church body that relies on each other, to lift up one another in prayer, and for a church body who looks towards you first for all things. And so, Lord, we pray that that would continue and that that Jesus would just bless us with unity each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
So I've got a collection of uh, verses that I found about unity that I wanted to go over with you this morning. Um, some of them were already in that video, um, and I pray that I can be maybe a little more serious about the verses than on the video, um, but I'll leave that to your judgment maybe. Uh, the first verse is 1 Corinthians 1.10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. As I go through these verses this morning, um, I would encourage you to open your Bible and, and try and follow along. I'll, I'll go slow. But in particular, in this, uh, in this verse, uh, there's one thing that uh, is, is very important. There's a lot of things that are important, but there's one thing I wanted to point out. Um, if you look in 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 1, all the way through verse 10, there's actually eight occurrences, eight out of the ten verses, that have one variation or another of, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's very clear that uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is important. Uh, if uh, I think one of the things we've learned in, in Bible study is that if something's repeated three times, it's important. Well, what if it's repeated eight times uh, in succession? And I think in this particular verse, what makes this is important. What makes this important is that it's an appeal through the name of Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you. Well, what, does that, what does that mean? And we're going to look at quite a few verses here this morning that hopefully will give us a, a better understanding of what unity means. But the, this first verse I picked first because the number one thing is it's, it's unity in the name of Jesus Christ. Because it's Jesus that we're unified about, and it's Jesus who we're unified with and to. And without that unity to Christ, we can't hope to be unified with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I wanted to uh, focus on that a little bit. So practically, why is it important to be unified? And I, I, I like this example. Uh, when you look at a rope, there's, there's many different types of ropes, but we need our ropes to be strong to accomplish the work that it's intended to do. And if you, if you look at ropes, and it's the first time I've ever actually studied on what is a rope, um, and there's different types. And they say that the strongest type of rope or the strongest design of a rope is one they call a braided rope. And it's where, if you look at the picture, it's where each strand of the rope is kind of intermixed with the other strands. Um, there are other types of ropes. There's a, what they call a twisted rope where they're just all kind of twisted together. But this braided rope is considered the most flexible. And as I go through these uh, pros of a braided rope, think about the church and think about your family. It's the most flexible. It feels the smoothest. It's stronger, much stronger. Um, it does not tend to kink 
or, or, or get caught up. And so, as we go through these verses, apply that to our, our spiritual walk with our brothers and sisters. And think about yourself as just one of those twines inside that rope that cannot stand the weight and the pressure alone but needs to rely on each other. And your brothers and sisters in Christ are relying on you. And that's the the beauty I saw in that share time this morning, as we should come to the Lord with a reliance on Him through Jesus Christ, but also leaning on your brothers and sisters in Christ to walk this walk, this short time we're here on earth, this short time we're in a church, uh, to be able to get that strength from one another. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I picked this uh, version, but I wanted to point out something that the NASB says at the beginning, uh, just to clarify the meaning. It starts off by saying, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists. So, Jesus Christ Himself provided if you will, these gifts, these strengths. And one of the purposes this verse gives for why he gave these particular gifts is so that we can all reach unity in faith. So it's important to Christ that we reach unity in faith. Um We may all be in different walk, uh, stages of our faith. We, we all are. Um, but we are unified under, under Christ towards a common gospel and towards a common Lord and Savior. And so, I'll go on to the next verse. Romans twelve sixteen says, Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. We will not all agree scholarly about the same things. God has given each of us in our, in this particular time of our life, a focus on particular aspects. Some of us, some of us may be focused on service. Some of us may be focused currently on worship. Some of us may be focused on just the knowledge of the Word of Christ or fellowship or teaching. And that focus area is given to you by Christ, by Jesus. Because just like that rope that's intertwined, they're all needed. And God even shows us grace so that each one of us doesn't have to have strengths for all of those. We can each focus on what He gives us, the, the will, 
and the desire and the love to do for those of us who love to worship and stand up and sing in worship. There may be someone behind you or in front of you who that's not their strength and that's not where God has led them. But yet God has given them desires and strengths to become a different strand in that rope to build the church and to make the church strong. Next verse, Colossians three thirteen and 14. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In perfect unity. See, we can strive to be unified. This world defines getting along in different ways. It it could be that you're expected to accept someone else for who they are. And, and that can be defined by the world in, as unity. But this is not what this is, is talking about. This is talking about being unified in Christ. In a common uh, goal that was instituted by Christ. In a common goal that, I mean... Christ didn't leave us here to do ourselves. He gave us the Holy Spirit and he gave us each gifts that allow us to be strong. And I think this particular verse is focusing on the idea of forgiving one another. Because in order for us to be that rope and to not tear apart, the Bible teaches us that it starts with being able to forgive one another and to be loving towards one another. Another verse, and sorry for y'all having to flip so much, but John seventeen twenty three, in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This verse is, is pointing out that the unity of Christ, the unity of a, of a body of believers is recognizable. What does that mean that it's recognizable? It means it's probably different. It stands out from the rest of the world. I remember, I don't know, it's probably sometime in the 90s, uh, some of you, the 1990s, um, some of you probably have noticed this as well, but I was I was watching the British House of Commons debate on the floor. Yeah, I, I can see in the face some of you have actually watched that. For you younger folks, just look it up on YouTube. Um, there is no unity in the way they debate most of the time in the, in the House of Commons. And I remember thinking then, the 1990s, how different that was from what I watched our Congress be. And I thought how unified our government was. The 1990s. Um, We don't necessarily see that today. And it's noticeable. And it's noticeable 
to the world and it's noticeable to our enemies. And so this verse reminds us as a, as a Christ follower that we are to be different from that. And so that the world will see us and will notice that. And that, and I wanted to point out the example I use there is government, but that's true in the church and that's true in your own family. Uh, you should strive to be unified. Um, and that's going to require at times for you to forgive one another and to come along beside others in service and in your gifts and work together. Another verse along those same lines, Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And Ephesians uh, 4.16, from Him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I uh, wanted to highlight that grows and builds itself and and each part does its work. Practice gratitude and and lifting up others for what they do for you, what they do for, for your walk. But also take responsibility and take action yourself to be there for others and to, to, to be able to help your your brothers and sisters who as sinful people we are we are walking together in this church life. And so we certainly need your help. Ephesians 2.14, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Never forget that this is not in your own power. Only the work of Jesus Christ, who came to unite two groups and take away barriers, can help you Focus on unity. Finally, 1 Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Psalms 86, 11. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. I, uh, I read a quote from uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, and uh, he said that when he was in Pasadena, California at a church, they were building a, uh, a room for the babies of the church, and he said that the church there in Pasadena called it the ballroom. Ball, ball, B-A-W-L, I think, ball. Uh, but he soon found out that in churches he had been to, you could call the whole church the ballroom because you have a bunch of babies bawling. We should strive to not be that. And I, and I do not see that in, in our church. I see people loving one another and praying for one another. Um, so... Uh, in John 6:43 Jesus answered and said to them, "Do not grumble among yourselves." So that's another verse there.
Psalm 133.1 How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. So, we should strive to be unified. You should strive to be unified with your wife, with your children, to be unified with your family, to be unified with your friends, and to be unified within your church. But it begins with this one step, to be unified with Jesus Christ. Unified in a single gospel, The gospel that says Jesus Christ, the name Jesus Christ, the man Jesus Christ, was who he said he was. He was God incarnate, who humbled himself, took himself out of heaven to come and live on this earth so that he could take our sins upon himself Why did he take on our sins upon himself? So that, yes, he could die for those sins, but more importantly, three days later he could conquer death to show us that not he he can conquer everything, including death. And because of that, we know that it is only through Christ and all that he said that we can approach God and that Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior he is our great mediator on the right hand of God that we can pray to today in Jesus name and so as we ask our brothers and sisters to pray for us that's a wonderful thing but we're asking for them to pray to Jesus for us. And so we're going to come to the the Lord's table here in just a few minutes. I I think if we've got uh, a few men, they can head on down. But this this is the Lord's table that Jesus Christ instituted. It's not Grace Bible Church's table. So if you are a follower of Christ, if you've put your trust in eternal salvation in the one named Jesus Christ, we want you to participate with us. If you have not done that yet, that is fine. We would, well, it's not fine. That is okay. We want you to just um, watch. And uh, I would highly encourage you, if you have any questions, to, to grab me after the service or, uh, you know, one of your neighbors nearby, I'm sure we'll talk to you here as well. But I'd like us to go to the Lord's table as Jesus asked us to. Uh, and before we do, we're going to have a little bit of a, a, a quiet time, a time of reflection, a time that uh, I want you to, to give Christ acknowledgement of your sin of your need for a Savior, and then we'll, we'll come together around the table.